<laughs> Hallelujah. I was going to I was going to actually find the head of ministry for uh home fellowship. I was going to charge him because the way he did my introduction the other time was just too too cold. He said when it is time, PV will just come and and share it. What was that? I'm a guest speaker. <laughs> guest speaker. <laughs> so, on fellowship ministry, be expecting my bill. Because the introduction, the way you introduce me, uh, you don't introduce guest speaker like that. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. How does it feel to be a guest speaker in your own house? <laughs> I want to sincerely thank, uh, starting from the ministerial overseer, for our own fellowship ministry, the head of ministries, and all of the leaders. Thank you. It's a privilege, it's an honor, and uh, God is the speaker, and he will speak through us. And we are all here together to receive from him. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? Eternal rock of ages, we are grateful. Thank you for this wonderful focus that you are taking us through today. Very simple, very important. Thank you for all our centers Thank you for all our leaders. Thank you for the journey of another whole year. You had equipped us and you continue to equip us. Thank you, Lord. Today we're here to receive again from you. Speak to us. Continue to strengthen every center, oh God. And let there be more of wonderful, powerful testimonies as you've been doing. In Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Uh, the, the theme is taken from uh, the book of John, chapter 13. And uh, the topic is from verse 14. We will read it together. But I would like for us to also go back later and then start from the very first verse. Of that scripture. So, but verse 14 of the book of John, chapter 13, says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. If we go back to verse 1 and begin to read this scripture, you will see and understand. That what Jesus is actually saying here is not telling us to now begin to go and wash each other's feet. But there is a message. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. Before the Passover. So move on to verse 2. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas son of Simon Iscariot. To betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Verse 4. So he got up. I want you to take note of this verse 4 and verse 5 as we proceed in the teachings. So we will see. He got up from the table. He took off his robe. Wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse 5. And poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet. Drying them with a towel he had around him. Verse 6. When Jesus came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, 
Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Verse 8. No, Peter protested. You will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. Wow. Simon Peter exclaimed, then (laughs) I want to belong to you. Wash my hands and head as well. (laughs) Not just my feet. If that is what will make me to belong to you, wash everything. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Verse 11. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? Verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord. Take note of those two things. Teacher and Lord. And you are right because that is what I am. Now where our text came from, our team. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you had to wash each other's feet. Praise the Lord. Like I said when I started, it's a very, very important message that the Lord Jesus is bringing out unto us from this scripture. It goes beyond having this now as a ceremonial duties that we should be doing. Foot washing is not part of ordinances that the church was commanded to do in remembrance of him. But I'm not saying that you can't do it. If God is talking to you to do it, to wash other people's feet, but you should see beyond washing feet, the teaching that Jesus is giving us here. And the teaching is very, very simple. Simple thing, but it's a major key to spiritual prosperity. Major key to spiritual prosperity which goes beyond just fasting and prayer for God to bless you. But there are some things that you do, you unlock divine blessings over your life and your posterity. Praise the Lord, church. Jesus came, our Lord, our Savior, the creator of heaven and earth, the I am that I am, the author and the finisher of our faith. And he went all the way to his knees to show his disciples a major teaching, things he wants them to do. And we are his disciples today as well, to follow the same thing. Before I proceed in the teaching, there is a hymn, and I would like us you sit down, we sing it together. As you're singing it, don't sing it like a hymn. I want you to see the message. To really understand what Jesus did and what he's asking us today, and it's a way we can show to him as well that we are grateful. Brethren, you are washed. Are you washed? You are washed and you are clean. Thank you, Jesus. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. So choir, we sing it with me. You are choir too. Everybody sing it together. My Jesus, I love thee. My Jesus, I love thee. I know Thou art mine, my great order for of sin, I resign. Ah uh-huh. 
can you do for someone who loves you so dearly as Jesus and all he's asking for is our love for him to do what he did for us if you love someone you do everything you need to do not to offend them to please them Jesus is asking for our love and for our love to be transferred to others. He wants his love in us to be released unto others even when they did not deserve it. Because while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Not when we were good. He has the ability, he has the power to give you an eye for us to love others and do what he did just for his name's sake washing other people's feet it's a task of the servant in the home but our maker our lord our savior our redeemer our sufficiency the author and the finisher of our faith he went all the way this is showing to us the ministry of the lord jesus christ over our life washing out the feet is the lowliest servant's job it's an it's an incredible act of humility forgiveness and love Don't you see when you are somewhere and somebody take off their shoes and 
Some people can't stand it. They'll be like, oh, no, no, put on your shoe. Because you know what that means. But Jesus did it. Not for one person, two people, three people, his disciples. If Jesus can do this, there is no task too low for Christians to do. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. Listen to this, brethren. True humility and fear of the Lord. And look up. It leads to three things. Number one. Number one. Number two. Number three. Can we read it again? True humility and fear of the Lord leads to. When you humble yourself. You will go further. You see what God is saying here. When you humble yourself and you have reference for the Lord, that is regard for his word, that is obeying his commandment. These are the things that will bring riches upon your life and your children's children. We bring honor upon your life and your children's children. And we bring long life. It's good to eat, eat healthy. It is good to sleep well. It is good to keep yourself good. But at the same time, accept the Lord builds. And through humility and the fear of the Lord, we make all those things work and lead to these three things. There are four things that Jesus did. In this scripture, that's why I ask us to pay attention to that verse 4 and 5. And I will tell us in a very, very uh, simple way. Four major things that Jesus did. And then we'll get to what exactly he is telling us to do from this. Verse 4 through 5. So he got up from the table. He took off his rope. Wrapped a towel around his waist. Pour water into a basin, then he began to wash the disciples' feet. So here are the four things. Got up. Everybody say, got up. Any act of service requires your action of getting up. That is from where you are. See, see the story before then? Jesus made sure he fed them first, physically. After supper. Because it's very, very important. Very, very important. He nourished them physically. He equipped them well. So that what he was about to do will have meaning for them. You have been fed. You have been well equipped. Now, after that, the Bible now says he got up. That is... He, he got up from his comfort zone, from the table dinner. He got up to do something. After Jesus got up, number two, he laid aside his garment. He has his outer garment. And that garment means a lot. The garment actually talks about his glory. Because of the ministry that Jesus wants to perform, the service that he wants to perform, he took off his glory. He laid aside his glory in order to relate, to relate. Beside the fact that we must be ready and get up, we need to forget about whom we are in order to serve. Effectively, we must put aside whether our educational qualification or how spiritual we are or what we know, it has nothing to do with the people we're about to serve. It's about the one that called us to serve. 
Jesus put aside his omnipresent, his omniscience, his omniscience, his omnipotent. He has all power. He knows all things. Ever present in all situations. He put all this glory aside as the only begotten son of the father just because he wants to serve. We must get up. That is, we must be ready and go out there and put aside all that we have so that we can flow in that service. Number three, after he got up and took off his robe, he guarded himself with a towel. That is an appearance of a servant in the home. You don't see the master working in the home and regard himself in a tower. No, they wear robe, but servant, servant. Jesus put on, he guarded himself with a tower because he's about to work. He's about to do something. He put on the flesh. So that we can relate. So that we can understand. So that we can see exactly what is about to do. And after he did that, he now went on his knee. He began to wash their feet. One by one, they were coming. The first one came. He washed, and the towel around him, he uses to wipe the feet. He was washing and wiping it dry. Imagine 12 disciples. Imagine on his knee for that long. Imagine the sweat he went through. Imagine what he did. It is not easy. Just kneel down for five minutes. Right? He did this. Imagine how soaked the tower would be and how dirty the tower would be. And he left it on himself, the savior of the world. Putting upon himself our dirt. Putting upon himself our sins. Bearing them just because of love. And that is what is keeping you and I alive till today. It's love. And after he was done, the Bible says he now got up, put back his robe. And he asked them the question, do you understand what I did? And it's task you and I to go and do so as well. Who do you serve? Do you have anybody you are serving? Look around your life as Christians, as leaders. Do you serve? I'm not asking who serve you. I'm saying do you serve? Is there people in your life that you serve? I'm not talking of your children, your family members. I'm talking of people that God has brought your way. And to what extent do you serve them? Brethren, it is high time for us. Thank God for this house fellowship. And don't take it lightly. It is high time for us, as Jesus has shown us in this place, to find our own towel. Find your towel. You will unlock divine blessings the moment you do so. That is, don't forget what was meeting on that tower. The dirt and the wet. The towel was wet. The Tower was dirty. Jesus had it on. That was the mantle. That was his servanthood. He was using that tower and he left it there. He did not, he, 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 he wasn't upset because of the dirt. He was doing it with joy. 
Find your tower, brethren. Find wood to serve, and you will see what God will do for you. Let me tell us something. When you serve, you are releasing divine blessings upon yourself, your children, and grandchildren, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. It is not something just for you. Servanthood means a lot to Christ. And that is what he's teaching us. And when God sees your service, I'm telling you, after you follow those four steps, when God sees your service, brethren, the world will see your blessings. Say amen to that. It is so. That is why the, your, your service must be from the whole of your heart. I'm going to tell us four, four things. This, this, is, this is our fellowship. We always go through teachings at our homes. So this someone is not going to be like teachings in the home. But this is to just remind ourselves of what we are required as we are going from here. Okay, we need we want to see Jesus how he served, and you will, you, you will see what we are to follow as well. Because our see, something must happen, and it's happening already that God is doing in us and for us and through us. Releasing your home as a center is an act of service. But it requires you get up to do it. It requires you put aside who you are and what you have. It requires you guard yourself. That is, you are ready to absorb you know, things that comes from it. And it requires you actually doing what you are to do. These four stages comes together as a package and it is very, very important for us to follow them. By focusing on Jesus' example in this book of chapter 13 of the book of John, there are three major ways of means of serving that I want to draw out this morning. Three major ways of means of service that is acceptable unto God as we see in the life of Jesus Christ. There is one word and the head of ministry mentioned it this morning, verse 1 of this book of John chapter 13 before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and see that and now he loved them to the very end. You see the word love. Your act of service must be an act of love. Service is an act of love. This is not federal government service whereby you do this to, do, to get this. This is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle that comes on you. You don't rehearse it. You don't practice it. If you practice it, I give you three months. After three months, you will lose it. You will let people know how you are. You will voice out. I cannot continue to take this from you. Do you people think that because I'm a Christian, I'm not smart? And you will give it to them. Real good, you will give it to them. <laughs> An act of love. Second Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 14 through 15 says something. Either way, Christ's love controls us. See the word controls. Controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. See that? Act of love, you will not live for yourself anymore. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. 
when the love of Christ, when you get to that level whereby you are being controlled by the love of Christ, it means you are no longer being controlled by anger. You are no longer being controlled by what people say. You are no longer being controlled. You are not moved by what people do. You know, you are not moved. You are not moved by whether they appreciate or they don't appreciate. You are just doing what the Holy Spirit has prompted you to do. You don't even have control over it. When something is controlling you, when you are under an influence, I know Pastor Dorothy always shared this example to us, you know, then how someone was under the influence of an alcohol and was talking to a, a pole, a pole of, uh, is it a pole or closet? You know, that you, if you don't get out from my presence, <laughs> you know, that person was seeing, he was seeing double. I'm telling you, he's not himself anymore. When you are under and you are being controlled by the love of Christ, you will not move by anything fan You will not move by anything from the flesh. You will be moved. You are being controlled. You, you are naturally, you, you will be doing what you cannot do naturally. No. And you don't rehearse, you don't make it up genuinely because you are under an influence. Something is controlling you that you have no power over. And all that comes out of you at that time is love of Christ. Love of Christ. They are attacking you, they are seeing love. They are talking about you, they are seeing love. They are rejecting you, they are seeing love. They are abusing you, they are seeing love. They talk to you anyhow, but they see love. It is not you, brethren. By the time you, you are relaxed and calm down and you think about what happened, you yourself will be able to know and say that that was not me. You are being controlled by his love. And anything that comes out of you at that time is ministry of the Lord Jesus. Ministry is all about Jesus Christ. So when we are saying that go to the world and preach the gospel, it's not only when you take the Bible and come to people and say, I want to preach to you. It is all about what people see that comes from you, even when they despise you. Even when they disregard you. Even when they dishonor you. What comes out of you matters at that time. When you are being controlled by the love of Christ, it is not about you anymore. And you know what? What they see will never leave them. You may be gone. You may not even know anything. It's a matter of time. What they see from you or what they receive from you, that memory is coming back because why? It is a seed that will grow. They may not even come in contact with you anymore for the rest of their life, but God had used you. You had witnessed Christ to someone. John chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that what? You are my disciples. Your prayer for one another. Ah? Huh? Your what? Now let's read it together. Some people are not in agreement with me. Can you look? I know we're wearing masks. Do you love these people that are sitting near you? Of course, yes. If I... If I ask the question, who do you hate? You, 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 nobody hates anybody. Did you ever see someone, a Christian that comes and says, I, I hate these people? You know. But what is the act of love that your love for them is revealing? Verse 35, let's read it. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you. So it means the only identity. So we see we have job, we have ID card, what shows 
you as an employee of that organization is your ID, right? But what shows you as a child of God is your love for one another. That is it. This is not about the scripture you quote. This is not about this, what you are doing in the church, you, what you are doing in ministries all over the world, but your love for one another will prove to the world that you are mine. That is what Christ is telling us. That is so important. So what is love? What is love? We always talk about it. Everybody have definitions for love. You can say, if I ask the question now, you will see that 10 people answer the question. They say it in 10 different ways. Great. Everybody have a kind of definition for love. Amen. Your love for one another will prove. Your acceptance of one another will prove to the world. The allowance you give to one another will prove to the world that you are mine. Your consideration for one another will prove to the world that you are mine. Your recognizing one another will prove to the world that you are mine. Your caring for one another will prove to the world that you are mine. You can break down love to anything you want to say, but it. See, when you read that First Corinthians chapter thirteen, you will see you. You know, it, it defines love. Great, 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 great. There are numerous practical ways we can show love. And until it shows and there is consistency. See, if it is not being prompted and you are not being controlled by the love of Christ, you will give up at a point. You will give up loving. <laughs> you will what? Give up loving. You will just close the door. You will just shut it. You will just discontinue what you do. You will give up. But when it is God supplying the strength for you, doing it in you and through you, you will see yourself flowing in it. It becomes a lifestyle. Accepting others. Seeing them as you see yourself. Recognizing that they are important to God. Looking at them as God sent in your life. You know we can learn from people that are really, really lower than us. So that is why if God brings people our way, you must be open. To see why they are in your life. So love is very, very important when we are talking of the act of service. Are you with me? Say amen if you are in agreement. So do we love each other? Yes. Should we continue to love each other? Okay. That's good. Let's make it practical. So, for example, men, men's ministry, don't call only the people in your team. For 10, 20 years you've been in this church now, some people don't even know where some people live. Some people are never in your circle. There, there shouldn't be any circle. We are one family. In a family of whatever number, we know each other, right? This is a family. When the love of Christ controls us, we'll be able to accept our brothers, our sisters. It goes beyond just opening your door to be a center. You will want them to come. And you will care for them. You will care for them. You look forward. You look forward for that house fellowship time. You start arranging your home. You start setting up things because you want to make them comfortable. Right? There are people you see in the church. You know them already, but the excitement is there. If the excitement is not there, go back. Ask God to rekindle the fire so that that service will be acceptable. The excitement should be there. You prepare. You do everything to be ready. You look forward and 
By the time they start coming, you are excited. You are smiling. You are welcoming them. All these things means a lot. Very quickly, number two thing that we see. Our act of service must be a living service. So number one is loving. Number two is living. It must be. It must be. To be a living service means it's going to cost us. It's a sacrificial life. That is our giving, our giving, our giving, our service that we, it, it, it has to go beyond our comfort zone. It will, it will be our life. It will be living. It will be breathing. It will be in existence. It will be ongoing. It will continue. It's not going to be only when they are good and when they are not good, they get this. When they are good, they get this. Do you know we do that? Talk to me, brethren. Ah, we don't do it. I can, you want me to ask God to show video of our... When they are good, we do this. When you have different side for what people deserve. But when the love of God controls you and you are in love and it is a living sacrifice, it has nothing to do about what they do, but it's all about what it says. Did you get that? It will have nothing to do about what they do. It's all about what it says. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Proverbs 12, 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Listening to people is an act of service, in case you don't know. Letting people, listening to what they do. Do you know that sometimes you may not understand why somebody misbehaves? But when you listen and let the Holy Spirit minister to you through their misbehave, then you will get the right picture and then you will not judge wrongly. But sometimes we don't see it. We just see what comes from them and we don't get God's perspective about it. And then we land on a wrong conclusion. And our act of service got disconnected. It is very, very important. Listening to people simply means let them be them. Let them be themselves. And let God minister to you to understand what you see from them. It is very, very important that we let God open our eyes to every situation we encounter. Otherwise, Christians, brethren, we will always get it wrong. We will always get it wrong. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 16. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that what? It's God. Please, God. Like I said, it's a sacrifice. It's not something that is convenient for you all the time. See, what I do sometimes when I see something's going on, I start praying for myself. God, help me here. I cannot do it if you don't help me. Instead of focusing on what they are doing, I'm praying for myself. And you will see the strength of the Lord that will enable you to do beyond ordinary. At that point, First Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gift. Use them well. To do what? Serve one another. The reason why you have that gift is to serve one another. Verse 11. You have the gift of speaking, then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. 
You know, we have this gift of speaking more than each other. You can see husband and wife. One will be quiet. One will be the one talking and all that. If the two of them are talking, it's that somebody has to be, you know. And each of the gifts serves in times of need. Because at a point, you will need someone that can talk. And at a point, you will need someone that can keep quiet. So it complements each other. When you have the gift of speaking, it's an example. Speak as though God himself was speaking through you. So when you are speaking and everybody paying attention, looking at you, don't say things that are abnormal. Use it well. Stay in tune. Let God speak through you at that time. Because why? People are listening. Let them get it. The message of the cross. You are not coming like you are preaching, but you are ministering. You may not know. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Did you see that? He supplies the strength and the energy. If you have the gift of helping people, do not close your eyes when he opens your eyes to the need. Because if you are sensitive, God will open your eyes to what he wants you to do at that time. It's very, very important. That is your ministry. It shouldn't be only when we are given the microphone that we will be blowing it. We should be blowing it all the time. Anywhere we are. Praise God. Then everything, see that. Then everything you do, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Then, there is a clause there. Then. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Are we doing good? Do you have a gift? Use it. With the whole of your strength, with the whole of your ability that God supplies for you. Don't give up. President, let me tell us something. Tomorrow they may not say thank you. Do you know that? And do you know what happens to us? We get discouraged because they didn't say thank you. They don't even remember it. They don't even recognize it. And then we, we shut it down a little bit. <laughs> no. You will continue to do all things through Christ who supplies, supplies, Supplies what? Strength. Strength. There is where it's taking you to for doing that. And the last one. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. You know, we are called to serve, right? We are, any part of our body must not become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right to the glory of God. Your act of service must be an act of giving. Your act of service must be an act of giving. Your act of service must be an act of giving. It is an act of loving. It is a sacrifice of living. And it is an act of giving. It is important that we give ourselves. To the glory of God. Anything that will not bring glory to God, it is not a gift. It is not an acceptable service. What makes your service to be acceptable is when people come and begin to say, wow, glory to God. Praise God. They're not thanking you. Who are they thanking? God. That is it. That is the goal. 
So if they don't say thank you, don't be discouraged. You had served. And that is what is important. Brethren, until you serve through your loving, your service will not show up in your living. And it cannot never, never, never manifest through your giving. It is important the three goes together. Loving, living, and giving. In conclusion, John chapter 13, there is something in verse 17, and I, I like to close with that. Let us read it together. Now, uh, are you here? Ah, what happened? So let's read it together. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing that. Hallelujah. Do you want to read it again? Let's read it again. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing. You don't even have to pray. Once you do them, he will bless you. Loving, living, and giving. That is your love. Let it be a living one that is continuous. Don't give up, don't withdraw, don't don't anguish. No, let it continue. Let it be a living sacrifice that is pleasant unto God. And give your whole of it. When you do these things, God will bless you for doing them. So those of you that your houses are centers, praise God for you. And those that your house is not a center, not that you don't want to, you have a cogent reason, that's fine. Be a partaker in the center that you attend and be steadfast. Let's build it. We are team players. Let's build it together so that our center continues to grow, our center continues to develop, and the presence of God continues to manifest in our midst, and there will be move of the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe you, are blessed, you have been blessed today, and God has spoken to you. Can you please bow down your head and just talk to him? Your act of service must be a loving one. It must be a living one. And it must be a giving one. Lord, help me to love. Indeed. Help me to love. Indeed. Help me to. I receive the strength. I cannot do it on my own. Let the seed of love from you grow. Grow. Rapidly grow in me. That anyone that comes in contact with me will see indeed the love of Christ. Lord, I want to be controlled by your love all the time. Not my emotion. I don't want my emotion to control me anymore. I don't want what I see when they are nice, when they are not nice. No, it's all about what you want. Talk to him. <laughs>